Hi guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 11, Episode 12. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm ASD. And this week we are taking a trip down White Hart Lem... Oh, I've cocked it up. <laughs> I rehearsed it so well no. as well. Uh, we're not re-recording. Um, we're not re-recording it. Um, <laughs> oh. We're taking a trip down memory lane. And uh, it sounded too memory slick. Memory White Hart Lane. Memory White Hart Lane. Memory Lane White Hart. Um, we're taking a trip down memory lane and we're going to look back at our favourite experiences, games, goals, moments from from the old ground. Um, Chris, why don't I start with you? Because you were just saying to us about your experience of like getting your season ticket was a lot different back then. So why don't you sort of kick us off with that? Sure. So I, I think I've said on, on the pod before, I first went to White Hart Lane in 1980 and I loved it. Um, and I always said to myself as a kid, when I grow up and get a job, I'm going to get a season ticket. I got my first job in late 1996, so I think I'd already missed the cut-off then. But also, I wasn't living in London; I was living in Birmingham at the time. So I think come 19, sort of the summer of 1997, I was like, right, I'm a grown-up. I've got a job. I was like, what, 23? Um, but that was what I wanted to make sure I invested in. So I went to the ticket. Literally, I went to the ticket office, and I went to the counter, and I said, "Hello, can I have a season ticket, please?" Now, bear in mind, I think Jerry Francis was still the manager. Or <coughs> Sorry, no cough button. Or it was just before Christian Gross. Anyway, it was around that time. And they said to me, certainly, where would you like to sit? And so, of course, I say, oh, I don't mind. But I don't want to be behind the goal. And then I also thought, I don't want to be in the West Stand. So I said, oh, the East Stand, please. <coughs> Sorry. Not being one of you, are you right? I've got a chest infection. Um, And so um, that was obviously either the most stupid or somehow the funniest thing I ever did. Because as I think I mentioned before, I then spent the next, what, 10, nearly 20 years um, behind a pole in the East Stand. So (laughs) that big pole in the East Lower... um, what was his name? Wee. A big pole at the East Lower. I wasn't right behind it. We were 25 rows up, I think. I think it was, yeah, block 25, row 27, or low road block. Yeah, it was block 25, row 27. So it was the penultimate row in the East Lower. Um, but basically, it blocked the 18-yard line. There was some fun in that, to be fair, because sometimes someone would, like, go behind it, and you wouldn't know who whether we'd come out with a ball or they would. Um, but actually, it was amazing. I have to say, those first few years, um, there were three old boys behind us. One of them had been going since 1950 and he used to tell us stories at half time about cycling his bike and leaving it um, leaned up against the stand. And he'd like hop in, watch the match and then cycle back again. And what, what that one guy, he became quite ill and didn't come for a bit. So we sent we gave we sent him a card. Um, and of course, we didn't know, like classic with these things, we didn't know his name. So we were like, dear White Hart Lane neighbour or whatever. And he wrote us a little postcard back saying to the girls, thank you very much. I'm doing all right or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I loved that seat so much. It was, you know, like the people around us were amazing. And that's what I love about football as well. Um, I just love the fact that we sat there and you hang out every other week and go through so many emotions with people that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise hang out with. Because where would I have found that old boy who grew up in, um, I think he grew up in Northumberland Park, so in Northumberland Park, um, if he wasn't sitting behind me at Spurs? It was just brilliant. So that's how I got my season ticket. 
and I think I've kind of I went through I think three or four cycles um not bicycles but cycles yeah. in my time at White Hart Lane so when I got that first ticket my mate from sixth form Tony um has said oh, I want to get one as well so him and his brother-in-law Pete they got the two next to me and so I went with them we were in our 20s we'd always go for pint you know it was like a big sort of we'd go and we'd drink and all the rest of it and I lived in Stoke Newington then as well I'd so get the just the overground couple of stops from Stoke Newington we had a great time then my second cycle because I think one of them got married um or both of them got married I don't know so they gave it up and I went with my cousin and uh, that was really good fun. Um, there was one time, I know we ASD, you want to talk about um, getting there. There was one time when I don't know why, but we were both driving, even though she lived in um, in Hadley Wood. So like sort of north of where I grew up in Southgate. Um, but I lived in Stoke Newington. Maybe I wanted to see my mum because my parents lived in Cotfosters. Um, and we drove together and I drove into the back of her on the way to the game which is brilliant. Uh, that was like a, a great, I, whenever I go through that junction, I remember driving into the back of her. So that was sort of the next, the next cycle. But then she moved to Cyprus. Um, but then that was around the time that I met Monica in the early two thousands. So then Monica took that season ticket. So as I say, I had, and those were all very different routines in terms of, in terms of what we did there, but I always sat in the same seat. And then there was always, um one because I had three because I had those three season tickets that I ended up with me so it was me and then what was Monsey and then another one so the one that was next to Monica was always um another person that wasn't a season ticket holder and mostly it was season tickets and she was always furious with she was like can we swap seats I was like no I'm perfectly fine here sitting next to lovely Patrick who I still sit next to now because um it was always an either very angry or very smelly man that sat next to her and sometimes it was both because it was just it was like this one guy who would come and get this one because you know they were good seats they were in the east lower but they were at a good vantage point um but then in that final year like so um she died in the october so she we started that final year in august at white hart lane um and philip who i still sit next sit with now who's a uh, who we'd met from the proudly whites who's a really lovely man came and sat next to her so she was like oh thank goodness she said he's lovely and he smells delightful so those are my sort of that that was my kind of cycles as you like uh, at white hart lane starting with getting my season ticket and setting behind that pole and i'll tell you what when i got to wembley and it was a full view. I didn't quite know what to do with myself because the other thing was when we knocked down White Hart, the bit of what the corner of White Hart Lane, it wasn't that far away from us. So if you looked right, there was just like a big hole next to you. Um, so that was like, you know, that was really good fun. So that's kind of a, a little uh, synopsis of my uh, last, I don't know how many, 25 seasons of yeah. season ticket holding. We've kind of been that far from your season tickets then, Jack, right? If you, I mean, you could go unmute for an audio format, you know. <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to give the listeners what they want, which is less of me. Um, my my old season ticket in the in the old stadium. I was in the Paxton, so north lower. Um, sort of as you watched it on TV, sort of to the right of the goal. So um, I loved sitting there. Absolutely loved it. Um, where in the last. Um, season when the ground was sort of half getting knocked down and spun our season ticket me and my dad it survived by about 10 seats so we <laughs> had the hole in the ground next to us which to start with we thought oh this is quite cool and then when it got to like december we realized how cold it was and we was yeah. just like shivering watching the games watching us draw like one one at home in cup ties and stuff like that but um now I, I loved the old stadium it was sort of like I, I still think of that when i think about spurs and it's like I think I'm more in the minority of fans that loved the old ground. That The new ground for me is 10 times better. It's incredible, the new stadium. And I think a lot of fans hold on to how brilliant the old White Hart Lane was. It was an incredible stadium. Um, but I do think when we think back, we only think back about, you know, the best times that we had there. Um, and it was a brilliant, brilliant stadium. It, it felt like a proper ground. Do you know what I mean? Like you... You go to the new stadium, which is just sensational, but it's like it is modern. It's meant to be that way. And I think a lot of people enjoyed the 
old school football feel that you've got with going to the old White Hall Lane. It's the same as like if you go to Goodison and you go you go go away to Everton for a game. It's but you go to Fulham. These type of grounds where it's like it is old school. Um, it was a honestly it was a brilliant brilliant stadium. I've just got so many great memories of you know thinking back about the old ground. It's like from the Steve Carr one to strike against Man United to the Danny Rose volley against Arsenal to those incredible comeback games where you know you fall one down to Villa on the 125th anniversary night and we come back and draw the Chelsea New Year's <coughs> Day when Harry Kane emerged like there's so many brilliant memories and of course those Champions League nights when we first got in there you know that first year and Van der Vaart on Crouch just caused an absolute mayhem in the Champions League it was there's so many great memories when I when I look back on the old ground and, and hopefully you know in sort of 10-15 years time we've got as many memories in in the new stadium but Paxton Road was brilliant for me like I loved it it was a great place to sit as like a kid growing up watching Spurs it was the family stand the opposite end from the away fans um great people around us um my dad um and me we used to sit a few rows in front of Carl Woodbridge who's a regular listener and, and contributor to the show and um that was how we met him and it's sort of like you know years later him and my dad are like best mates so it's like it just shows the power of football um and the same now to be fair like I think in the last season the old White Hot Lane I sat next to a guy called Steve and then when we moved to Wembley sat with him he sits a few rows from me in the in the new ground so it's like it's just nice doing all of that isn't it where like you meet people at football and they actually end up being friends and 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 all of that that comes with it so brilliant brilliant stadium in White Hot Lane um, I absolutely loved it ASD I imagine your experience of being a hardcore south stand lower as close to the away fans as you can get it's probably a little bit different as mine as a kid in the north yeah yeah it, i mean so i my so i joined a lot later than you guys right because i moved to london in 2008 so that's when i joined and got my membership and then it took me maybe i didn't get a membership then maybe i got one a few years later and then it was a 10-year waiting list for the season ticket and it took me 10 years and actually it would have taken me more except for the fact we moved to Wembley. So I got my season ticket in the Wembley year, so I never quite got one in White Hart Lane. I would have loved one in White Hart Lane, uh, but I didn't. And then I, stupidly, I had two, gave them up when I was moving to China. I should have got them and then sold them, but whatever, we're here now. But yeah, so I didn't, I, I had to buy every single ticket and I had to go through the waiting period for every single ticket. And that was an absolute nightmare. So for those who never went, I used to always sit south lower block 35 it was always block 35 it was behind the goal stood up the entire game like your legs would be hurting by the end your voice my voice would be gone like every time I came home I couldn't talk and I it was it was a half a block away from the away fans which it was just ag like there was so much aggression but it was so much fun it's hands like, down it, the most like emotional place in the ground to sit because oh it's God, like when yeah. you're winning incredible when you're losing you could not be in a worse spot my favourite bit for that was the, was it 3-0 or 3-1 against United where we scored three in seven minutes? It was like Lamella scored, Kane scored, yeah, Toby scored, nil, I think. 3-0, yeah. yeah. And before the game, I think there was some of Boston Spurs behind me. They came and they were singing the songs, but it was, with all due respect to them, they'd never been before and they were singing what they'd heard on YouTube and it, it, it didn't make sense, some, you know, when they were singing the music, but, which is cool, but they were, they were into it. And then as soon as the game started, then everyone started singing that they got shocked and didn't sing. And Man United were giving it to us. And there was one guy who were at Man United, just, he, he was older, he was older than I am now, he must be like 40s, looked a bit like Sean Lott, and he had glasses on, he had the yellow jacket on, and he was going mental, so angry, and so people just targeted him, like just doing that old thing like in school when you put your, your hands over your eyes like that, just bullying him about his glasses, and he got he got so angry, uh, the stewards took him out, <laughs> he went <laughs> mental, he tried to have it off with the fans, but um, I loved that, but, I, but I'd also because it would be like you would have to go in a queue and you would remember you got access to members ticket sometimes you didn't get the ticket that round and you had to wait till the next day so you couldn't but everyone wanted to sit where i sat so i sat there 95 percent of the times i also had loads of membership points because i used to go it all the time so i was able to get those tickets but occasionally i wouldn't so do you remember man united when we used to come they used to get the whole bottom of the south stand yeah. rather than the corner so we used to sit elsewhere which is a bit weird sit above them and then um do you remember we played inter in the Europa League, where I think we won 3-1, Vertonghen scored, yeah. Bale scored, and I think Gilfie scored as well. We sat, they had so few fans that all, they had a different, they were just elsewhere. So we sat in the away end, like in the corner, just because we could. 
that was really weird because you go you have to go up into their end and the this the facilities are so much more sparse compared yeah. to the Spurs. Like it's just the ticket stand, maybe one food thing, and that's it. Um, but I loved it. The East Stand, I, I sat in the East Stand a couple of times because the view's amazing and it's not the West. The West Stand were the, where the posh seats were, very quiet. I, my, my, I sat next, so for the um, Young Boys game, I was West Upper next to the wall, next to the away fans. So it was me, armed guard with the small wall. And I was wearing a hat my mum knitted and a guy kept on trying to grab it and the guy with a gun had to be like, get off him. Um, I also sat there for... Chelsea when we won 2-1 with Bell and Defoe scoring yeah, I think yeah. it was Fat Frank scored but late and that was that was pretty horrendous because I actually got those tickets from Barclays uh, when I was working with Barclays and um, the two people I went with weren't football people at all and so you had these nasty like basic racists on one hand and then these two very nice quite posh girls who just women who just weren't up for it at all and that was a mistake but the east end i couldn't sit there because my legs are too long like my legs were too, the, the seats were so close i remember the the time i sat there for the was it the two nil where lennon and bale scored bale and lennon scored straight after that do you remember that one that was one of my favorite games i ended up three or four rows forward because people went crazy when the lennon goal went in and um cut like my jeans were soaked through with blood because i cut through all my jeans uh on the front but that is a memory I would ne- I wouldn't swap for uh, for anything else in the world. That stuff. I haven't well, got very long legs, but I do. I don't miss the bruises, so yeah. I I would always come away with bruises just above my knees. Yeah. Because when you stood up and you leaned towards the, over the thing, I'd always have like post football bruises on my just above my knees. What was the loudest you ever heard it? Oof. Oh, what are you thinking? I'll tell you mine. So this was a game. I was literally I the that. first person in the ground. So I lost my membership card and they, they gave me a new one. So I went to collect it before the nil-nil of AC Milan to send us through. And um, the final whistle for that was the loudest I ever heard it. That was that was rocking. And it's actually on YouTube, like the, the final whistle, the whistle. But the are you watching Arsenal? Because they got knocked out the night before, didn't they? That was the loudest I ever heard it. Also, like... The, the last game against Arsenal, the 2-0, that was pretty raucous. That was pretty, yeah. As you said that about being in there first because you lost your membership, I can say this now, I didn't want to say it at the time, as how I used to get into the ground. So when So our, our gate there um, was just like two, like two little turnstiles and it was often really busy. And, you know, I'm a big girl and I don't want to have to squeeze through there. Plus, I knew this guy, George, another guy called Eddie, whatever. So... Uh, classic bang bang on the on the uh on the gate thing next yeah. to the thing and then open it give me a thumbs up and let me in oh that is cool i never queued to get into white Love hot lane that. just banged that, on the door and went in brilliant. the the loud the question is about the loudest you ever heard it i think um for me it was the the game where we beat arsenal danny rose scored and we got the 2-1 that was just absolutely for me it's between that and the um 5-3 against Chelsea on New Year's Day. Those mm. two games, were, it was absolutely rocking. Both of them evening games. There was something about the old white hot lane under the yes. lights where you just felt like, you know, anything could really happen. Um, so for me, those two. And what could I just used to get, but I didn't go to absolutely every game. Um, the loudest I ever heard it on telly was the 5-1 against Arsenal, the cup semi-final. That sounded, oh, yeah. I wasn't yeah, at that game. Actually, to be fair, that was... Because I've been having a think about this today, and that was one of the games on my list. And I think that one of them, one of the goals, was it a free kick? Yeah. And I just remember, yeah. I just remember the 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 sort of the build up of the oh and the Spurs, and the place was just it was amazing. But I tell you what, I was so kind of cynical and depressed by that by that time. Because remember, it's two thousand and eight. Even at four one. I was like telling people not to get excited because something yeah. terrible could happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And actually, as I, I'm going to quickly run through some of the games I was thinking about. So the first one I thought of, actually, and bear in mind, I got my season ticket, I think, as I say, 97. There was an FA Cup fifth round game in 1999 where both David Ginola and Darren Anderton scored at our end. 
and they scored from outside the box and there were just two really lovely goals. So that's a game that really sticks out in my mind. There's another one that really sticks out in my mind where we lost 5-4 to Arsenal at home. And in that one, Monica left at half time. She was like, I'm fed up with this. I'm going. And she went because we often go for um to the Tottenham Star before the game. She really liked their, their lamb chops. So she went and sat and ate lamb chops for the second half of the game. And I stayed in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you've got the uh, the three the th- two games where we were 3-0 up and we lost both to Manchester United and to Manchester City. And honestly, and that game with United, 3-0 up at half-time, there were people ringing their mates, giving it whatever. And I was just like sitting there thinking, I actually said to somebody, don't do that, it's only half-time. And they were like, wah, wah, wah. And you knew as soon as that, oh, as soon as the second half started, as David Beckham scored the first goal, didn't he? Yeah. I think. And you just knew it was going to happen, and lo and behold, it did. Didn't mind so much, that game, because it was Manchester United, and they were at their peak then, right? However, to lose against City, now City weren't even in the Premier League in 2004, and, uh, and were they? I don't know. If they were, they were. Yeah, and know. they'd gone down to 10 men as well, which was awful. Yeah, because didn't, didn't Joey Barton got sent off during half-time? Yeah, so like I think that's what it was. Card, yeah. He got a red card in the changing room or whatever yeah. it was, didn't they? Yeah. Exactly. So, so that. Um, that Arsenal game was amazing. Another great highlight for me, I've got to say, was when um, Spurs played Onorthosis Farm Famagusta, which in the U- Europa, UEFA, whatever it was, that was 2008, because that was my dad's team when he was actually in Cyprus. So, like, really was his team. But he was in Cyprus at the time. But it happened to be on my mum's birthday. So I managed to sort it out. I bought us. My nephews hadn't been born yet. So me, Mon... My mum, my sister and my brother-in-law. And we I bought separate other tickets so we could all sit together. And we went out for a pizza for... It was great. And we got in there and I told them to wrap up. It was September, but still wrap up warm. And we got in and we said, my mum's not going to thank me for this, but she's not gonna, she, I don't think she's a listener, so we should be all right. We got in and she went, oh, it's a bit cold. When do they close the doors? And then she looked up and went... <laughs> They're not going to close the doors, are they? And <laughs> just like, and we've just taken the piss out of her for that ever since. And she thought she was going to the theatre or something, and she was worried about the draft. She's the way they're going to close the doors. Um, and then, of course, the the Spurs Chelsea five three, which was an incredible game um, that day. Um, the only thing I would say for me is that was really bittersweet because I think, as I've said many times before, Mon died in October 2014, and that was a real. That was something. It wasn't just Harry Kane arriving. That was that was like the show of intent from Maurizio Pochettino's team, and it just made me really sad that she wasn't there to see it. But what a game! Um, and then talking of Chelsea, as you know from the Del Evangelist, the Spurs, the two 0 in January 2017, where Delhi scored that brace of the two headers that were basically the same, and um, you know Ericsson and Dembele were in their pomp, and it was incredible. Is incredible. Yeah. And then, of course, the lane, the finale, whatever you think about how they branded it, it was amazing to be there on that day. Just like the buzz around the place. Did the you cry? We... Sorry? Did I Did cry? cry? I wept. <laughs> I actually wept. There was, it was, I mean, at numerous times, I cried as we were entering because Gina, as I said, mentioned Gina earlier. So Pat and Gina have sat next to me since. Uh, I don't know when, like from years, like the early 2000s. Gina's also a, a Greek Cypriot like me. Um, we're about the same age. We don't know. We never knew each other. She grew up in Harlow. I grew up in Southgate. It was just random that we ended up like sitting two seats down from each other. And I, honestly, like, so we all met. We never met before, really, but we met so we could walk in together for the last time. Someone was filming it. It was honestly, so I cried then cried when I got in there I cried at the end I cried when like the um no the what was it go compare bloke was singing all of it I cried at all of it but um what I loved was I I the going on the pitch I absolutely loved it and I just like no only me and Gina went the others didn't go um tab came to that game um 
and they were like oh no we can't and I was just like come on and it was just great I've got a picture of my trainer on the on a white line um it was just amazing and everyone was having a lovely time and the brilliant thing was you could see and they were just like can everyone just like get back to their seats because people are wait we're waiting for to give you a show or whatever and like everybody did it but we all had a bit of fun and they opened the gates to be fair because i think they knew it was going to happen so rather than trying to police it in a weird way they just opened the gates let everybody onto the pitch did a little bit of that did a bit of a dance and then went back up it was brilliant absolutely loved it you were together, me and Jack, for that one. North, upper. North, upper. Right in the corner, weren't we? Right in the corner. I think, but we're both just, some of the goals were scored. We saw, we definitely saw Kane's goal. And who else was the other one? Wanyama scored. Wanyama. I think, yeah. And then Rooney scored in the second half. I think we had all the goals. And it was, because they were all, all those goals were done by um, Raffle, weren't they, for non-season ticket holders. So I, we, I was incredibly lucky to get two tickets for that and the Arsenal game, the game before. Um, we, we saw, because we, we just had to sit there and wait while you lot were on the pitch. And we just had to wait. And then... Um, and wait and watch everybody, like, unscrewing the chairs around That's us. That's what I was people, about to say. People had screwdrivers and all that, wouldn't they? <laughs> it was amazing. Literally. The whole row in front of us, no one could sit down anymore because they'd taken the seat off. It was really funny. And then as you were walking out, like I remember being on the train and someone had a massive sign that was obviously Spurs because in the front that just said pies. And you go like, yeah. come on. <laughs> that was amazing. I that actually bought, I bought my seat like a good too, soldier. Yeah. And I've still, I haven't, we haven't done anything with it yet. We've just got the garden done. So I think somehow they're going to find their place in there. Do you remember in the shop um, where they had that massive like a big re- like reproduction of the East stand across one of the walls at the back, right? I could see myself in that in that picture. I knew exactly where I was because the oh, pole no placed me quite well yeah. and because we were the penultimate row. And there was one day I went in there and it was gone. And I was like, oh, where's that gone? I would have loved like, my bit of it. And they were like, oh, it's a shame it didn't come in two days ago because it was just in a skip out the back. Oh. I know, I was gutted. That's unbelievable. While we're talking about the best pictures ever, ASD wins every single time. Um, When he was was caught checking himself. Um, I mean, you've got, you have to tell this story. Come on, ASD, let's hear it. Absolutely. This was. kills me every single time (laughs) I think about it. It is so good. This was, I think it was the Newcastle game or the one where, was it Arsenal playing Newcastle? the phantom goal where we didn't make quite make Champions League, but it's the last game of the season, right? So they do that thing where you stay behind and everyone, all the players come out with their families and go around and you stay and you give them a clap. I mean, and so everyone was a bit annoyed. So I was sat, I've been in those things before and they take a, fi- a picture with a 360 camera. So they put a camera in the centre spot and the camera slowly walks around it and then they stitch it together and you can find yourself. Great done it before i always stand there with my arms folded posing a little bit but stand there with my arms folded just you know checking myself but i was wearing a polyester shirt like i was wearing the um the yellow the an original like yellow holston one with the purple blob and it's just, i think that's the sheringham one and like those ones because it's a hot day like you just sweat instantly in them and you stink so for like 0.2 of a second i lift up my arms and check my armpit just to see if I stink and that's the exact moment they caught so if you go back to that photo I'll send it to you we can even put it on the, the Twitter it's page. the best picture I'm like this. of all time <laughs> it's, it's, I'm going to find it it's amazing I couldn't believe it it was the, the, like because they did it for about 20 minutes while it slowly went in a circle and for half a second I did it and that's the second they when caught. I first saw that picture um we were, we'd obviously gone into work the the Monday after whatever, and it got sent. Like email Brown seems to get older to click here, and I was like, oh, let me um find mine. And then I remember talking to ASD, and we searched your one, and I and I remember spitting my coffee all over my computer with laughter. It absolutely killed me. It's one of the greatest things that ever happened in that old stadium. Oh, amazing! That was great. That is amazing. But you talked about the. Worst that we got beaten by Liverpool five nil, oh. um, and that was the worst game for me. Stoke was always the least enjoyable. I stopped going to Stoke games in the end because you knew exactly what was going to happen. You know those long balls, 
they might win one nil, you might win one nil, but whatever happened, it was never enjoyable. But the um, there was a Liverpool five nil where we were just terrible. That was the end was of ABB, wasn't it? Yeah. ABB win. I wanted to ABB ask Chris, were you there for the UEFA Cup when we won it? No, I was only ten. Oh, I didn't know if you'd if you'd have made no, it. I was I, only I'm, 10. I'm always like whenever I talk to a Spurs fan that was there, I'm like, that must have been mad to have watched Spurs firstly win something, but to have uh, watched Spurs win something in your own ground, which obviously just, you know, it could happen if we won the Champions League final and it was at the top of the stadium, but the chances of ever seeing that, do you know yeah. what I mean, are so slim now, that would have been an incredible thing to have seen. Well, I, I, as I say, I was only 10, but I was allowed to stay up. And my parents had one of those oval G plan tables in the TV room and simultaneous to Tony Parks doing his, you know, celebration out of the goal. I ran around that table like repeatedly for ages screaming. Um, and like, and I say, you know, my sister was in bed. My dad's a Man United fan. My mum's not bothered. They didn't know what was going on, but I was absolutely buzzing and you know, I think, as I've mentioned before, I've had a massive soft spot for Tony Parks ever since. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. ASD, were you going to were you going to talk about another photo? Because I feel like we initially when I dug you out about that one, yeah. you were going to go in a different direction. It was it was what times you've been caught on TV. So I've been on match a day a couple of times from being in block 35. Like one. Definitely. I was, it was against Cardiff. We won one nil the Soldado penalty one. I was definitely in that one. Um, but the best one is when me and you, Jack got caught oh, against yeah. me, you and Noah. So there's a, we went to see Stoke and we were losing 2-0, 3-0 and it's like yeah. 60 minutes. And there's just a picture of you're biting your nails. I'm sat there, t-shirt with a scarf on, looking really pissed. Um, and Noah's there, not looking happy. And it's actually Noah's, one of his friends or relatives, text us the picture from that NBC that they had seen, but it was the same feed. So we were on Sky, we're on and we we're on match of the day as well. That was that's my favourite one. But it's one of those runs where it's a close up on three people. So we are in there. We are the uh, disconsolate fans, you know. We're that the was... fans that people were laughing at on telly. And look at them, yeah. they're not having a good time, are that's they? It. <laughs> my best one of those was uh, we got caught one that when we won that semi final against Sheffield United in Sheffield when it was snowing. Yeah. Yeah. I was you could see us in that but my favorite one was away at the Emirates where we beat them a few years ago now I think it was a cup game 2-0 Yeah I think it yeah. was that one and oh, we, the were singing, we were all singing na 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 your shit and literally I'm on sky going your shit <laughs> I love that. Of people sent it to me and I was absolutely delighted by it I've got to say that's brilliant. Yeah, because it was it was truly brilliant. That that Delhi goal from there is one of my favourite goals. He's I, we said it before. He's, he's he's definitely done most of my favourite goals of the last five or ten years, Delhi. Anyway. Truly talented, incredible off the cuff player. Like you just don't see players like that. Um, I'd be very interested to see how um what Conte does with him. Very well. You sort of feel that, don't you? I feel like it's the case with a lot of them now. It's like last chance saloon for a lot of the players. And it's like, if they don't turn it on between now and January, see you later. And it's not great for podcasts, but there is the most amazing picture that ASD is now showing us, which we're going to have to tweet. Chris, you have to take a look at that. It's just... Oh, my God, that's amazing. I'll I'll send it in the group now. It literally looks like you just do that, like you're doing it all the time. It's the way your arms are folded, like crossed... You know, your hands are clasped at the top there. It's like a proper pose. It's so oh, good. Amazing. You can put it out with the, oh, God, it's so bad. And um, so that's obviously the old ground. I would like to talk a little bit about the new stadium, because, Chris, I feel like I've never really spoke to you about, like, what do you think of the new ground? Like, are you, do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you sort of in the middle and a bit indifferent about it? What, what are your thoughts? I mean, look, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I do love it. But I also kind of, I don't have the same thing. I think if I was a kid now, so my nephew, this is, even though he went to White Hart Lane, this is, these are going to be his real experiences of the ground. And I think that's going to be amazing. But I think you can't, I can't separate like the emotion and the love that I have for the ground um, with all the experiences I had in it. And the other thing we haven't talked about, I can't believe I haven't mentioned this, is 
I tonight I had the very first civil partnership at White Hart Lane. Did you? That's amazing. Yeah. Didn't so, know that. Yeah, so basically, uh, uh, oh, 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 let me talk you through some of this stuff. <laughs> so basically, we had our close friends and family were in the dugout. So like I had to like name 30 people or something to go in the dugout or whatever the number was. And then everybody else was just in that bit, just out, you know, just because um, we got married pitch side. So just in the bits, just around the tunnel, right? And um, we came down through, we walked through the tunnel. That was our thing. Was we walked down the tunnel, we walked through, because obviously there was no like giving anybody away. We walked through together and stuff. We walked up there, we got like literally, we got married with the pitch behind us, right? So we got married like in the, everyone was sat in the West Stand with the pitch behind us, did all of that. And it was amazing. So beforehand, we had a whole thing like, so it was a three o'clock kickoff, obviously. I mean, why would you do anything else? Our invitations were tickets. Brilliant. It was actually like a ticket. So the ticket office printed us the tickets. Because um, there was tickets in those days. Um, I think it was like 2009, probably. Um, and so beforehand, three o'clock, so everyone arrived. Um, whoever wanted to got like a mini tour. So they put some shirt where they put all the shirts up in the changing rooms and showed a few little bits. And we went into one place and my brother-in-law's a musician. So he's uh, like in a like in a sort of a jazz band. I don't like jazz, but they were just playing kind of kind of standard stuff and we had that and we had champagne and scones beforehand then we got then that was at four o'clock we got got married then we went and had um some canapes somewhere else in another room and then we went up to basically the place where they did all the in where all the sort of the directors would go basically and we had like a big like really nice dinner in there our centerpieces no flowers in the middle of the table no 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 what we got is i went and bought like i don't know how many tables there were footballs from the ground at that time we chopped the top off of them and the um florist filled them with sand and then laid a little bit of grass on the top and we put on um we bought you know those like little kind of figures so we bought um ledley king jermaine defoe aaron lennon and gareth bale i think or Michael Dawson, I can't remember who it was. And so each one, you had like a little a football with a bit of grass and a player on top. And that was the same. And people were taking them home at the end of the night and all the rest of it. And then after dinner, we had to turn the room around so you could like make a dance floor and stuff because there wasn't enough, there wasn't the space in it. So we went back into the stadium where they put the floodlights on, right? Oh, Sat in the stadium. And um, do you know Billy Wingrove? So Billy Wingrove was a freestyler at the time and he, he still does a lot of Spurs stuff. You see him, he was on a on a VT in the stadium the other day. Um, look him up though, his stuff's brilliant. And he's a massive Spurs fan. I think um, we paid like 300 quid to the foundation. So, because that was part of his employment then. And he did like, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour of just like mad football tricks and like got a few people involved and stuff. But we were sat in an empty stadium with the floodlights on, like watching someone do mad football tricks and then went back upstairs and had a party. It was incredible. It was incredible. I love that. That sounds great. It was. It was really good fun. What's Harry the, Kane uh, scored a penalty, by the way. Was it? San Marino, yeah. What's the, the... San Marino was the... Wales versus San Marino was the first football game I ever went to. Um, mad team. Oh, I haven't got it with me, but... Gary Speed's in that team. Um, the uh, he, he did well, didn't he? Little Harry on the in, for England the other yeah, day. because of this bloody chest infection, I didn't go. I can't believe I missed his hat trick. That was and a I sellout, didn't... wasn't it? Yeah. That bicycle kick was just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I know that the opposition aren't much, but to just be able to do that and score a goal doing that is pretty incredible. It was, a, it, was, it was a decent performance. I was just surprised they didn't, England just didn't go for it in the second half. They didn't score in the second half, did they? No. I thought I was a bit surprised. But, oh, can I just say as well, Wales, obviously, Wales plays. We won 5-1. Really good performance. Um, and if we, well, there's lots of permits. But we, we, we'll definitely get, we're guaranteed a playoff. But Rodon, Davis scores his first goal for Wales. 63rd cap first goal for Wales, which is fantastic. Davis, he had a good game. Rodon is, is Maldini. For Wales, I, I just don't know what go, what goes on. But like we've got two players now who've got more caps than they have appearances for their team. Neko Williams and Ethan Ampadu. That's mad. Like, it's, 
it, it, there's just something that happens when people like Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale. If, uh, Ramsey's played more times for Wales than he has, like more minutes for Wales than he has for Juve this year. What's the um, situation with Rodon at Spurs then, ASD? Like, why is he? Why does he look so good for Wales? And we've not even seen him for Spurs, have we? It's mad, isn't it? I mean, the other, I think the obvious answer is like against Belarus, he's playing like I think ten of their players play in Belarus, mm. and it's it's very easy to look good against them. Um, and you know, you, you sort of you forgive one or two mistakes when you play for Wales because we're Wales, right? We're we're not the best team in the world. Whereas in the Premier League, he's just up against the best players in the world, and maybe doesn't he doesn't cut it. But um, I'd love to see him play that more. The attributes are there. And his brother on Twitter is an absolute wally. He's, he's a great follow because he's just a bit of a lad from, from Swansea. So he's, 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 he just makes me laugh. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see him play more. I, I saw something yesterday with Christian um, with Romero saying that Lo Celso was the best midfielder in South America. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wish we'd see that. Bonkers. Well, I didn't realise how much him and Richarlison like hated each other. Like him and Romero hate each other. Like if you look at his his tweets and that something's happened between Argentina and Brazil, I need, I I don't know, but they really dislike each other. So that's worth keeping an eye on. Um, I've got a name the footballer quiz if you want to have a go, because I know ASD how well you do at this and how much you enjoy it. Yeah, go on then. Uh, Are they all? Did they all start playing football in the late 90s because they were perfectly in time for when you were going to football? In so the this, play, this first player started his career in 1994. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this play, the first player began his football career in 2006. There you right. go, ASD. There Stop complaining. So between 2006 to 2009, he was a Manchester United player. However, he only made two appearances, scoring no goals, but he did have a couple of loan spells. In 2006-2007, he was on loan to Royal Antwerp, where he scored 20 goals in 31 games. In 2007-2008, he was on loan at Hull City, where he scored 15 goals in 34 games. He then joined Tottenham Hotspur, again on loan, 2008-2009, where he scored one goal in 10 games. In 2009 to 2013, he moved to Sunderland, scoring six goals in 58 games. In 2013 to 2014, he moved to Cold City, scoring 13 goals in 49 games. In 2014 to 2017, he moved to Crystal Palace, scoring five goals in 43 games. In 2017 to 2019, he moved back to Hull City, this time permanently, scoring 18 goals in 75 games. And in 2019 to the current day, he is at Huddersfield Town, where he has scored 10 goals in 85 games. Who is that player? Is it the one that we got uh, when we sold Berbatov? on loan back so he's that striker and it's yeah. not chris it's not chrissy eagles is, is it it's fraser is it that yeah come on i knew exactly who as soon as you said Man united but fraser uh, campbell fraser campbell that's it fraser campbell that's the one um harry kane's just scored another goal so he's on like on right on route to another hat trick love it love it okay right second player and don't get too annoyed straight away Esty, right he began his footballing career in 1992 and between 1992 and 1995 played for AC Milan where he didn't make any appearances and didn't score any goals um didn't play for AC Milan, no. and didn't play in uh, 1995 to 96 he moved to Prato where he made 30 appearances uh, scoring no goals in 1996 to 1997, he moved to Lazio, making just the one appearance. I'm really hoping goals. that what we could do at the end of this is sing a song. Keep going. In 1999 to 2000, he moved initially on loan to Chelsea, making one appearance, scoring no goals. He then moved to Chelsea permanently from 2000 to 2009, oh, made 141 appearances, scoring no goals. In 2009 to 2012, he moved to Tottenham Hotspur, making 19 appearances and scoring no goals. And 2012 to 2014, he moved to LA Galaxy, making 21 appearances and scoring no goals. It's not Carlo Cudicini, is it? Carlo Cudicini. I loved Carlo Cudicini. Like, he did such a good job for us. 
Um, and I just remember seeing him celebrate when we beat AC Milan. I, I just I just remember it because of his dad playing, and he just he was just brilliant for us. I, I love Carlo Pacini. I'm really brilliant. sad that you didn't say. Palmer between 1982 and 1985, Fiorentina 85 to 88, <laughs> Inter Milan 88, Tottenham Hotspur 98 to 99, 99 to 2001, Alaves. Do you know why? Come we'll on. Do the song. Do the song. Come on, you do it. I'm, 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 I'm just teasing. What was his name? What was his name? It's the best song. It's, it is it's the so best song. That it's still sung now. Yeah. That's how good it is. But I know. That was. And it was like, I'm aged about 30. He's now 54. <laughs> but like, when he came to us in 98, he was actually 30. So good. Before you could that say... song was only, was only correct for one year. Yeah. <laughs> so great. No, no, no. I'm aged about 30. Perfect. Oh, there we go. It's perfect. You know, it. My, my favourite um, uh, inaccurate, sort of racist inaccurate, like through stupidity in the song was, do you remember Mar- Maram Shamak? Remember? And the Arsenal, remember what the Arsenal song was for him? He's not white. He's not black. He comes from a place not far from Iraq. He's from Morocco. Are you serious? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, they, they meant it nicely, you know. But I, I never forgot that. I thought you were going to say, you know, Carlo's song, because uh, you talk about the Roman song a lot. You were going to go, Carlo, Carlo, Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. I don't know if we ever sang that to Carlo. Whenever <laughs> Roman Pavlichenko's name gets mentioned or I see a picture, I just think of you every time now, Chris. And it just always <laughs> makes me laugh. I lo- honestly, I tell you what, to anybody who hasn't listened, that that talk sports show was is on was on yeah. uh, is on YouTube and it's really worth listening to. It's one of the funniest things ever. I was in the car and I stayed in the car to listen to it when I got home because it was so good I didn't want to miss it. And it includes a rendition of that song. So good. So good. Right. Next player. Um, this player began his footballing career in 2010. And from 2010 to 2017, he was a Tottenham Hotspur player, <laughs> making 27 appearances and scoring one goal. However, in those seven years, he had four loan spells at Leighton Orient, Derby County, QPR and Swansea. He then left Spurs 2017 to 2020 and signed for Swansea City, where he made 74 appearances, scoring one goal. He also had a loan spell during his time at Swansea in 2018 to 2019, where he went to Aston Villa, making two appearances and scoring no goals. In 2020 to 2021, he signed for Queen's Park Rangers, made 22 appearances and scored no goals. And from 2021 to current, he is at Ipswich Town, where he has made five appearances and scored no goals. Oh, is that where he is now? I didn't realise he'd gone to Ipswich Town. Who is that player? Go on then, Chris. I've got two so far, so you need to... Uh... Tommy Carroll. Tom Carroll. Tom Carroll. I, I rated him as a player. I thought he was a really, really tidy footballer. Um, It just never quite worked. Like, I don't know if it was the wrong player at the wrong time, really, for Spurs. But he was a very, very talented player. I think things just a bit lightweight. Yeah, we said that. I mean, we've been podding for eleven years. I remember saying eleven years ago, he just needs to go around Mama Huddleston's house. He just needs to eat some <laughs> of that food, just wherever she's cooking, because he was just like, yeah, he was, he was, we, we've got a great academy for producing like technically proficient footballers, and he was just another one of them. Uh, right, next player. This player began his career in two thousand and four. And from 2004 to 2007, played for Herfa, where he made 71 appearances and scored nine goals. He moved to Tottenham Hotspur in 2007 to 2009, where he played 14 times and failed to score. In 2009, he then left and had a loan spell at Borussia Dortmund, playing 10 games and scoring no goals. He then moved to Portsmouth permanently from 2009 to 2010, scoring three goals in 22 games. He then had spells after that, and there's a lot of clubs this guy's played for. (laughs) Um, But he was in the Italian leagues from 2010 to 2016 at Genoa, AC Milan, Schalke and AC Milan. 
Um, in 2019, he managed to nick a loan move to Barcelona. Barcelona. Where he made three appearances and failed to score. And he's current. And since then, he was at Fiorentina, um, Besiktas, and he's now he's back. Where, back where it all began at Herfa um, in the German league. So, who is that player? Doesn't he have a tattoo of a dollar sign on his neck? He is the prince. He's the prince. He's going Prince Boateng. He scored one of the best goals I've ever seen in the Champions League. That sort of, the one he scored against Barcelona, against didn't Barcelona, he? Where yeah. The ball was sort of bouncing up, and he caught it with a, with his foot and sort of nutmegged himself to bring it forward and smash it up past the goalkeeper. It was an absolutely brilliant goal, and he scored that penalty Kane's against got us. Got another hat trick. Love Good. it. Price goes up for the sale in January to uh, Man City, doesn't it? For the um, last, last player. Anyway. Um, this player began his career in 2002, and from 2002 to 2004 played for Grasshoppers, where he made 41 appearances and scored no goals. He then moved to Tottenham Hotspur from 2004 to 2007, scoring one goal in 24 games. He did have a few lunches <laughs> when it was at Spurs at. Hamburg, Wigan and Sampdoria. In 2007 to 2011, he then moved to Sampdoria permanently, where he scored four goals in 127 games. Um, He then bizarrely managed to nick a move to Juventus 2011 to 2015, but never played. He was a loan specialist and had loans at Fenerbahce, Lokomotiv Moscow, Fenerbahce again and Sassolo. Um, He is currently playing... um, at FC Lugano, where he has scored no goals in no games this season. And he's got 35 international caps, scoring one goal. I think I know who this is from a Swiss perspective and the timings. But ASD, have you got any ideas? I was looking at Twitter to see if Harry Kane had got his hat-trick. So I missed half of that. (laughs) I mean, he has got his hat trick. Yes. Um, and the answer is Reto Zeg- Ziegler. Reto Ziegler. Reto yeah. Ziegler. Sounded just that like Ziegler. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't one. have got that. That's one. And that's it. That's the name of the footballer game for this week. That was I a mean, good one, Jack. I need to get some more obscure ones because it doesn't even touch his sides with Chris. She doesn't even look up most of the time. It's just like, yeah, cool. No, that player. So you can I vaguely say- remember where they came from. That's it. It's the only the ones before us. I've got no idea other than that, but it's the. I'm quite good at that game. I've been in quizzes as well, where they gave, where they um, give you two actors and you have to link them mm. by, or you link two films or whatever by the actor or whatever yeah. it is. That way, I'm quite good at linking people and stuff. So maybe this is the football equivalent. There we go. Um, any other business before we finish? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, I would like to say that the women's team came so close on Saturday, man. And you look at that for a 1-1, it was absolute. It was an absolute cracker of a game. And, you know, we were under the cosh in the first half. But to go in nil-nil, you can obviously see how, you know, how Rianne set them out. And the goalkeeper had played an absolute blind zone. It's interesting because our number one goalkeeper is injured because she got injured when she was on international duty with Jamaica. And so our number two goalkeepers come in, but let's not, you know, I know it's Finland, but she's got more than 100 caps for Finland, right? And honestly, she was incredible. And so she kept Arsenal at bay. Then we nicked a goal. Sadly, they scored an injury time. But honestly, that would have been absolutely historic. And we would have taken, I would have bitten your hand off for a draw at the beginning of the game. But it was disappointing at the end of it. But it just goes to show how far we've come very, right, like quite quickly to draw against Manchester United, pick up game, points against City, to put, you know, Arsenal are unbeaten this season. In fact, in fact, they hadn't dropped any points before Saturday. They'd won every single game and they dropped points against us. And, I've, you know, you've got to give credit to the coach, to Rianne Skinner, because, you know, you can see she's got a plan. We've got an identity. They know what they're doing. There's a great, you can see there's a great culture in the team. You know, I always I message Helen Richardson Walsh because Helen's the performance psychologist who said and said it's all down to her that they never say die. And she was like, don't be daft, team, you know, whatever. But there is something about the team and the fact that they've they've brought her in. There's some, you know, and whether this is down to Rianne or down to whoever, the fact that they train full time at Hotspur Way has got to be um, 
good for their morale, good just in terms of the infrastructure they have to use, but also in terms of how they feel valued and, again, how to engender that culture. So I think there's something really exciting happening there. You know, there's going to be a few bumps in the road, as there always is. But, you know, we're really building a really great team. And honestly, I'm, I'm you know, I'm excited. We've got um, Watford away in the Conti Cup on Wednesday night. So uh, all being well, if I'm feeling better, I'm hoping to go to that. And yeah, I think it was, you know, it was a really, it was a, it was a really, really, really great game. And I, I'm excited about the women's team. I think we, you know, it's it, great things are afoot. And it's so close and it's like, you can just sort of see how much progress we've made because didn't we play Arsenal only a few seasons ago and we lost nine or 10 nil. And it was like, it was, and it's like to now actually be disappointed because we've drawn with them in a league game just yeah. shows you, doesn't it, how much the team has grown. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got Leeds on Sunday, and I Leeds can't believe time. it. I'm not go. I can't go. Why not? I'm gonna miss it. We're going to Cornwall. Oh no! Oh, which bit? Uh, well, we're going. We're staying near Falmouth, but we're gonna, you know, we're taking the car, so we're gonna be all around. But we've got a beautiful house that's got like ninety something steps to the sea, overlooks the sea. Oh, so nice. I'm actually looking forward to it being like a bit blustery, so I can just watch the waves crash. Yeah. Read a book. Brilliant. Can't wait. Yeah, but Leeds is going to be a um, Leeds will be a game that I actually think's quite nice for us. Like they are struggling. We um, we battered them at home last year. Was it three 0 after about half an hour? And it's like, you know, they, they've just that Bamford's been injured. He's not been fine. Same with Phillips. Like a lot of their key players have really sort of not been there. Um, so I, I think this is a perfect game for Conte. Really, it's the beginning of quite a nice run of league games for us, where we should be able to go on a four or five game run now. Yeah, the bit, I'm interested. Oh, wow. the, the, the bit I'm interested in is just what is just seeing the signs of Conte now is yeah. I'm almost not that bothered about the results at the moment. It's just seeing the plan and seeing who, who fits in it. That's the bit. And Leeds are the perfect team because they're at that stage now where they, they've had Bielsa for long enough where I, I think the plan's getting a bit stale. Do you know what I mean? And like they're a bit tired. They're getting injured now. They haven't refreshed the team as much. People have found them out in the Premier League. And yeah, I mean, Son looked a bit injured, but, he, but it sounds like he's going to be fine. So Son on form, Moore on form, get behind them. I, I'm, I'm quite confident. I'm quietly confident of this one. If Kane's banging in goals, hopefully that confidence will be back. I'm, I'm just, I feel like things are, this could be a good game for us. Yeah, yeah, agree. And hopefully, um, well, particularly I, Harry's got his scoring boots on. Yeah. You'd hope that he might back, bang a couple in. We we need that, don't we? We just we could do with just a game where we thump a team four five nil. And it, you know, it's easier said than done. It's a Premier League game, you know, and Leeds are not going to roll over, and Bielsa team never does. But it would just be really good for confidence and belief going into the next couple of weeks to have a big win. It sounds like as well, doesn't it, from what you've seen on social media that. Those that haven't been on international duty have basically had a mini pre-season in this yeah, yeah. as well, um, which you'd be fuming firstly to not be playing for your country and then to be told you're doing a Conte mini pre-season. But I think a lot of the players needed, didn't they? Um, oh, for sure. I think, Chris, you sent round, didn't you, a, a stat about the amount of sprints and the distance covered against the Everton game. And it was the most by a long way that we've done all season. Yep. So hopefully as well that, you know, that week, 10 days of, of Conte fitness training will be a step in the right direction for the players as well. But I'm confident. I think we'll beat Leeds by at least a couple of goals. I think they'll probably score because I think it's going to take a while to sort out our shaky defence. But I think we'll beat them 3-1. Yeah, I, and I, I read that the um, even the players who did go on international duty were given extra schedules for extra Conte training on top of their international training. So I'm hoping they come back. I'm also, I'm, I'd love to see Bale back. I mean, would you take Bale back? I know he's always injured and there'll be lots of money, but would you take him? I'm just... the, the issue that we've got is that, and I think I said this right at the start of the season, is that we had Bale and Vinicius on loan last year and collectively they must have scored 30, 35 goals and we didn't replace them. And it's like, you yeah. can say what you want about was Bale's season good or not good. When he played, he was fantastic, Bale. 
Like he had a dodgy game at Arsenal. Like players have bad games. It's like, but the minutes he was on the pitch, he scored and he assisted, and he was brought. He, that's what we brought him in to do was get the numbers. He just wasn't on the pitch for long enough. So if you take the fitness out of the equation, and there's a chance to sign a player of that caliber, of course you're interested. It's just the it just didn't play enough, did he, to really warrant us being able to say was he good or was he not good? And it was like, well, I don't really know. But the biggest issue for me was losing those two players and not bringing somebody in. So it's like, we definitely need reinforcements from an attacking point of view um, and somebody that can get you those numbers for sure. I've, I'm a little bit like, I feel like we've gone back for Bale. Didn't really work. It would be it's more of like an emotional um, okay. signing now. I think go in a different direction, try something else. Well, okay. I, d- I mean, I don't know, actually, because I don't think we can say whether it worked or not, because I think that Mourinho didn't use him properly. When he came on, like, he scored six goals or something in ten games. And assists. Yeah, you know, and, you know, know he can do something. I I guess the thing is, I think at this point now, I'm just like, I'm up for whatever whatever we think Conte needs. Do you know what I mean? So Conte and Paratici know how to work together. So let's just let them do it and see what they come up with. They're not, you know, they're not daft enough to think we don't need another striker. Yeah. So let's see yeah. what they come up with. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, if they go right, we're just going to save all our money and put it into this for Lahalovic. Um, yeah. Let's do it. Like I, I know he's got a year and a half left. He's going to be big money, but if this is this is the future of Spurs, then let's go do it. I think the other thing as well now is with Conte coming in, and he he likes free at the back, doesn't he? And the early signs do suggest that he's going to go that way with us as well. Is that sometimes you know in his time at Chelsea and Inter and Juventus he's played three at the back with two strikers so I do think now there's a bit more of yeah we'd always be buying a striker and it would be the case of oh he's just going to sit on the bench because Kane always plays whereas like I think there'll be moments this season now where he he will go with two up front and I know logically you'd say well Sun will just go and partner him but there will be games where you probably might want to play a different one so I think there'd be more there's more opportunity now for a second striker coming in especially if you're talking about more of like an old-fashioned number nine that can play up there with him I think there'd be there's more scope now and somebody might look at that and think well Conte every now and then does have two up front so actually yeah. it could be more of a partnership rather than 20 minutes or if Kane gets injured or a Europa conference game exactly would you take isn't it, they'd never sell but Divock Origi would you take him no, he's not. No? No, not for me. No. I don't know. I think he's a decent player, you know. Scores goals. He scores important goals off the bench. There's a player in there somewhere. That's no. not having it at all. No, I'm not, I'm not sure about that one. I'm not sure about him, but, you know. I mean, I don't know enough about European football to be able to say who we should get. There's a little Welsh fella called Darren Ramsey who's looking like he might be a free agent. They want to get rid of him. You know, I've always loved Here we him. go again. And Ben Davis will give you a seven out of ten every week. We get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you just bring it out. I, it just always comes back. I don't oh, mean to talk about it. Dearie me. Representation what, is what's important. What's Robson Carnu up to? Where's he? I don't. The, the only goal has made me cry. The only time I cried at White Hart Lane, actually, is when, I can't remember him, but remember at half time they brought on a kid who had meningitis and he had the blades and he, he had the kickabout. Uh, it's on YouTube. Remember that he little ginger one, and he had to kick about with like Dembele with the and that well, I was all the, Bel- all the Belgium players were really involved in that. That's wouldn't it. They? That's it. That yeah. maybe that maybe that had been bits. But yeah, but Rambo, I take Rambo, take Rambo home. <laughs> Something just feels a bit funny. No, thank you. Answer. Yeah, no, nah, just feels a bit funny that one. It'll never happen. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Allen's pretty good as well. Joe yeah. Lindsay just retired, so he's a free agent. <laughs> Anyway, well, until next week, where we'll be podding again, let's see what happens. Hopefully, a victory in the Premier League, hopefully, more steps in the right direction. But until then, remember whatever happens, future's bright, future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. (laughs) 
the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.